Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. This is Winning Cures Everything. I am your host, Gary Seegers. Uh, Chris, of course, jumps in on the other YouTube videos and whatnot. Uh, but this is the Daily Show. We'll be doing this. We'll be adding it to the uh, to the podcast as well. Uh, I've got a few topics to go over, and of course, I always give out daily college basketball picks. Uh, some of you, I know, this is exactly why you're here. So let's go ahead and uh, get through the topics. Here's the rundown on the show. Oh, by the way, you can follow us. Uh, you can find us on WinningCuresEverything.com. You can follow me at GaryWCE on Twitter. Uh, let's jump into the rundown. NFL Conference Championship games are set, and the Super Bowl odds are out for all four possible matchups over at Five Dimes. We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the five-star wide receiver that claims Georgia's coaches are fake. Pretty interesting. Kyler Murray wants $15 million from the A's. He, uh, he has entered the NFL draft as of the past 30 minutes or so, since we're recording on Monday at 3.24 p.m., uh, Ole Miss basketball is rolling. Won't spend long on that, but I think Kermit Davis deserves a little credit uh, for what's happening in Oxford. And the college basketball picks will round it up. Let's start off with NFL Conference Championship games. The Colts get demolished by the Chiefs. So the Chiefs get their first home playoff win since 1993, since the Joe Montana era. Um, and then they, of course, get to play the Patriots, who absolutely demolished the Chargers. Did not see that one coming. I thought this game would be much closer. Um, I don't know what I, I don't know what to make of that. Um, I do think that the Chiefs will win at home. I know that Tom Brady is not great on the road, but we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens in that one. Uh, the other side of the matchup, we have the Saints and the Rams. That was a fantastic game back in what late October, I believe, maybe early November. Uh, that was a good game. The Rams just dominated the uh, the Cowboys for most of the game. The Saints and the Eagles, uh, th- that was a surprising outcome. I went 0-4 in gambling picks in the NFL this past weekend. That's after going 3-1 and before that. But Chris, my co-host is 8-0 uh, is and against the spread in his picks in the NFL. He's over 62% for the year. So, uh, so when we record on Wednesday night... He'll have his picks. He'll have you ready to roll. If he can go 11-0, I mean, that's just absolutely bananas. I, I don't know what to make of it. Um, but the Super Bowl odds. Let's talk about the Super Bowl odds. Uh, the Action Network actually uh, actually put this out. Uh, the look-ahead lines. The Chiefs against the Rams would be a pick and the over-under would be 63-and-a-half. And I think that would probably be the best matchup. I think that's the one that everybody would want to see because of the Monday night football game that was just out of this world, right? I mean, it, so many points, 54 to 51, it was crazy in L.A. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the Chiefs against the Saints, the Saints would be one-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Over-under on that would be 59-and-a-half. I'd probably take the under uh, because I believe in the Saints' defense a little more. Um and I, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I'm wrong for that. I just I like the Saints uh, a little more than I do the uh, the Rams to be able to win a, a tight game like that. Uh, and I, I like the the point total to be less. Patriots against the Rams. Uh, that would be a pick'em. So the Rams against either team would be a pick'em. 
Uh, and 57 and a half would be our point total on that. And then the Patriots against the Saints. The Saints would be one and a half point favorites. So the only team that would be favored over another team in this entire thing would be the Saints. And I think they are, without a doubt, the best team left in the field. Uh, they've got the, the perfect combination of defense, rushing attack. They Obviously, Drew Brees can throw the football. I, I like it. I like it. All right, let's, uh, let's move off of that. Let's talk about Jaden Hazelwood. Jaden Hazelwood is a five-star wide receiver that is now going to Oklahoma. He was originally committed to Georgia, and then he went to uh, – he was talking about going to Miami, and then Mark Richt got fired, and now he ended up at Oklahoma. Uh, but he called out it during a recent episode of Ink Talk, which was on YouTube, I believe. Um, I say my last visit really – They were just trying to make you too happy and just change when you get there. I know that was going to happen, Hazelwood said. Uh, Former Georgia OC Jim Chaney sat down in our house and explained how he was going to use me, and now he's gone. Um, He said that the Bulldogs staff was fake, and his mom also said that, said that they were not genuine. And then he came back over the weekend and said the context that is going around was taken out of proportion from people who didn't actually watch the show. On the show, I clearly stated that I felt other coaches tried to sell me a dream on how I would be used in the offense by a particular coach, and then the coach eventually left the school for another job. That was very fake to me, and I said coaches are like used car salesmen. In recruiting, they demand loyalty from the players, but the coaches are not held to the same standard. So basically what he's trying to explain is he's not talking about Georgia. He's talking about Jim Chaney. He's talking about all coaches because they will try and sell you on something and then at the drop of a hat, if they get offered more money, they're gone. They're going to leave and they're not going to look back at to whether or not you're coming to the school or not. So I can get where he's coming from and I, I think it's actually a really interesting dynamic that players are starting to figure this out. It's why Clemson is able to recruit so easily. Like they can handpick the guys that they want because those guys know that their position coaches are going to be there. Alabama continues to recruit because people know that Saban is going to be there. But if you want staff continuity, I mean, that's that's something that you have to pay attention to. And with Georgia and Alabama and some of these other places, the assistant coaches, I mean, it's like a swinging door, right? It's just nonstop, back and forth, so much movement. It didn't used to be this way, I don't feel like. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I I don't remember coaching staffs going through so much turnover every single season. And at, at Ole Miss, it's the same thing. I mean, they, they got rid of their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator after Matt Luke's first season. I mean, it's – who knows? Joe Moorhead, we'll see what happens with him. I would imagine he'll keep Bob Shoop around. He had a pretty good season, pretty good season down there. Um, but I, I think – this is an interesting dynamic and an interesting story to pay attention to going forward, at least with recruiting. Uh, we got Chris jumping in on Twitter. said, Florida's starting to build that with Mullen. The staff isn't leaving, and they love working with each other. That's true. Dan Mullen had his staff for a long time. Now, at Mississippi State, he did actually talk a lot, uh, or he did actually have a lot of defensive coordinators going back and forth. Uh, they had Todd Grantham, and then Grantham went to – 
uh, Georgia or went to Louisville or wherever it was. It was bananas. Um, But they they had Manny Diaz. They had a bunch of guys that eventually moved on, right? So uh, I do want to pay attention to that with recruiting. I do want to hear other kids talk about this because, you know, the guy that is recruiting you, it's very likely he is not going to stick around. So you better love your head coach. You better love the school that you're going to. You better want to be there because it ain't that one guy that's been talking to you the whole time that uh, that will be around. Let's uh, change gears. Kyler Murray, next topic up. Kyler Murray asked for $15 million from the Oakland Athletics or he will enter the NFL draft. As of 3.32 p.m., he has entered the NFL draft. Look, financially, smart move. Think it's absolutely what he was supposed to do, right? You get a guaranteed four-year con- or five-year with the option contract in the NFL, and I mean, if he's a first-round draft pick, which it's likely he will be, I don't know. I I think he's closer to five seven than he is to six foot. They've got him listed at five foot nine. Um, I think you know if people love his playmaking abilities, if they and there's a lot more new offensive coordinators or not coordinators but coaches in the league right new head coaches that are all being hired everywhere um I mean maybe this is a good move uh yeah here we go Chris Steele said staff stability was the the big reason he picked UF which I don't know how you can say that after one season but we'll see right I mean who knows who knows uh but back to Kyler Murray 15 million dollars from the A's uh, or he will enter the NFL draft. He has entered the NFL draft, and I think good for the Oakland Athletics. The kid signed a $4.7 million contract to come play baseball. They gave him the option to go play football. I don't think anybody could have envisioned him winning the Heisman Trophy and making it to the college football playoff. Uh, he was otherworld dynamic, but he did sign a contract. And while it does make more financial sense for him to just buy his way out of the A's contract, give the money back, etc., um, I don't think the A's should have had to come up with $15 million when the likelihood that he even makes the major leagues is not great. First-round draft picks in Major League Baseball only make it to the major leagues about 66% of the time, and even then, it is still a, a crapshoot, Right? And it takes years and years of playing in minor league baseball before they can get there. So I think this was absolutely the right move by the A's and maybe the right move by Kyler Murray. I mean, we'll see whether he gets drafted first round, second round, third. You know, the money is different at every level, every single level. But neither here nor there. We'll change gears again. Topic number four, Ole Miss basketball is rolling. They are – Kermit Davis deserves – uh, some accolades here, um, and I, I've brought up the story Gary Parish wrote at CBS. They were picked to finish dead last in the SEC, 14 out of 14. They went 12 and 20 last year in Andy Kennedy's last season, and they had no real big recruiting wins. That it, it didn't seem like they they had a bunch of guys, just guys, right? Davis had gone five and one against the SEC in the previous three years at Middle Tennessee as their coach, and you never—I mean, you had no idea how good he was going to be. Ole Miss just went on the road and beat number fourteen Mississippi State, 
And then last week, in the middle of the week, they beat number, what, 12 Auburn? Two top 15 teams in the league. They're 3-0 and in the SEC, 13-2 and overall. They are playing lights out. They've won 10 straight, and this team is ridiculous. I mean, they from Ken Palm alone, and I love Ken Palm, um, at KenPalm.com, they jumped from 97 to start the season to number 30 right now. All of last season, there was only one team that made it from the top 100 into the top 50. And and Kermit Davis has got Ole Miss from 97 all the way up to 30. That is ridiculous. And kudos to him. I mean, they, they've got a – look, they're still not a super talented group, but he's got them playing well together. Uh, the Tyree kid is something else. He's averaging like 17.5 points a game. That was a fun game to watch down in Starkville on Saturday. Uh, I'll be curious to see what they do for the rest of the season. Let's uh, let's move on to the college football or college basketball gambling pick. Excuse me. I got five games tonight. Went uh, went seven seven and one over the weekend. A little little surprising, or I guess if you count Friday, I went nine nine and one. Uh, went two and two Friday, five and five Saturday, and then two two and one on Sunday. And I got to get over the the even stuff. I'm so tired of it. Thirty eight, thirty one, and one against the spread. Winning percentage is fifty five point seven percent right now. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and uh, and jump in on these. Let's let's give you these five. I got three totals and two sides to play. Uh, Montana State plus two at home against Northern Colorado. I think Montana State wins the game outright. They've won three straight games. Northern Colorado has underperformed on the road. Montana State at home, I like them a lot here. Um, Nebraska and Indiana under 143.5. Nebraska and Indiana both are top 43 defensive efficiency teams. Uh, Nebraska not great on the road. Uh, Indiana not Great, great period. They're a good basketball team. Both of them are great basketball teams. But um, but neither one can score great, and their defensive efficiency is is awesome. So they will both try and limit possessions. Uh, I like under 143.5 there in Nebraska and Indiana. I've got under 135 for Baylor and Oklahoma State. Uh, same thing here. Both of these are good with turnovers. Both of them uh, try and limit possessions. Uh, I am... I am all over the under 135 here. Under 146 for Syracuse and Duke. We don't know if Zion Williamson is going to play. Uh, I would imagine so, but we're only two days removed from uh, from Duke and Florida State on Saturday night. Um, Syracuse, good defensive basketball team, zone team. They're playing on the road. I expect them to get blown out, but I expect this total – to be under 146. I think it takes the offenses a little while to get moving. So I'm taking the under 146 there. And Pittsburgh plus six at home against Florida State. Uh, Pittsburgh got beat uh, on Saturday. Um, but I expect them to uh, to come back against Florida State, who lost, uh, who lost against Duke on a last-second shot on Saturday. Uh, Florida State has not covered a single time on the road this year. Uh, so going from Florida State all the way up to Pittsburgh, yeah, I just 48 hours removed from their last game. 
I, uh, I will take Pitt to cover here. I think they have a chance to win the game. So that will wrap that up. Uh, go ahead and, and mark this down. I will be putting this up on the podcast. So over at iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, etc. Every day we're going to have our, our topics. We're going to talk about this. We're going to have it on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and on the podcast. So we appreciate you guys for hanging out. As always, you can find us over at uh, winningcureseverything.com. You can follow me at GaryWCE. I'm Gary. This has been Winning Cures Everything. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter at winningcures. You can follow myself at Gary WCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899. And we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show. And until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.